0: Sports Radio, 92.9
2: The Game. Back at a Chuck show Halfway home on this Monday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Honestly, app is how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game. I'm at JMCH316. He's at DD Lewis for real. So... It's no real wonder why, you know, again, we saw the Braves lose two out of three games to the White Sox. And, yeah, they they have struggled against a couple of teams, you know, actually three teams, I guess, if you will, um, you know, from the American League, the White Sox, the Red Sox, and the Oakland A's. The Braves are 3-5 and five against those three teams, and those are bottom-feeding teams in, you know, the American League. The Red Sox are – Tied with the Yankees for last place in the AL East. The uh, White Sox are uh, 15 games below 500. And the Oakland A's are obviously the most disgraceful, despicable franchise. Think about that division. The Rangers have a three game lead over the Astros, eight over the Mariners, nine over the Angels, and 30 and a half over Oakland. Again, it's a disgrace, okay? And the Braves had not played those three teams well. They did not have success against those three teams. But Day-Day, do you know what the record for the Braves is against the NL East so far this year? Take a wild guess as to what the record is of the Braves against the NL East this year.
3: <sighs> I'm just going to because I easily could look it up, but just taking a guess, Uh
2: so I I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a hint as far as they've played 28 games against the, the against NL. the NL East this year. The Mets, Marlins, Ph- uh, Phillies and Nationals. They've played
3: 28, 28 games
2: against those teams.
3: I'll say 23 and 5.
2: 23 and 5. That's very close. They are 22 and 6 hmm. against the Phillies, Mets, Marlins, Nationals this year. They are four and two against the Nationals. They are four and two against the Phillies. They are five and one against the Mutts. And they are ready for this? Nine and one versus the Marlins this year. And so if you want to know why I proclaimed weeks ago. That this division was over. When the Braves rolled through the month of June, they steamrolled through the month of June, and they dominated everybody. I think that, I think they were what? 20, 21 and 4 or something like that in the month of June. I mean, it's ridiculous how good they were um, in the month of June. Sorry, yeah, 21 and 4 in the month of June. They had a 71, a plus 71 run differential in the month of June. Why were, they, why were they able to put, you know, themselves big distance between them and these – because they beat all of those teams head-to-head. So we can talk about our, the struggles against Oakland and the White Sox or whatever. Like We can talk about those things that are meaningless. But when it comes to what really matters and when the Marlins, Mutts, Philadelphia Phillies – and the Nationals line up against the Braves. They're six and twenty-two. Those four teams against the Braves. That's the difference. That's been the difference for the last few years. That's been why the mutts and Phillies have not been able. Now look, again, I know that Philadelphia knocked the Braves out of the playoffs. That's a whole separate discussion, right? That's a that's a whole different discussion. For another day. But when it comes to winning the division. And saying that this division is over. It's because those teams can't win against Atlanta. They don't beat the Braves. When they have their chance. Maybe the Muts and Phillies. Should call up the Oakland A's. And the Chicago White Sox. And figure out how to beat them. Because the Marlins and the Muts. Are 2-14. and 14 Versus the Braves two and 14 versus the Braves oh yeah Philadelphia and Philadelphia and the mutts the Braves are nine and three against those two teams what have they spent about 800 million dollars in guaranteed money maybe it's more than that it's probably a billion dollars when you when you look at all of the different contracts whether it's again Harper Korea or not Korea um uh who's the shortstop for um Lindor you know guys like that they've probably spent a billion dollars just to be 3 and 9 against your number 1 rival in the division it's no wonder that the Braves have the lead that they do can you imagine if Philadelphia or sorry if the Marlins could actually be somewhat competitive with the Braves this would be a divisional race. But when you're 1-9, in and by the way, too, these teams don't play 19 times anymore. They don't, they don't have 19 games that they play with one another anymore as far as the divisional goes. Or it probably would be even worse, if, if, to be honest with you, that's probably good news for the Mutts and the Phillies and the Marlins and stuff because if they had to play the Braves 19 times, imagine what that would look like. Imagine what that would be like if they had to the, play the Braves that many times. They're they're twenty two and six. The Braves are against those three teams. How bad do you think it would be? How much how much more ridiculous would it be if those teams played as much as what they you know have in years past? So you don't have to think any further. Yeah, we talk about their lineups and their pitching and this and that and bullpens and trade deadlines and everything like that but there has been no no thought about the idea of and that's why i said uh, there's no reason to think that the phillies and the mutts and you know all of them are going to are going to that 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 the braves are going to collapse against those teams uh, there's no reason to think that they're going to collapse against those teams and as far as during the regular season like I said, playoffs, whole different animal when you get to the playoffs, right? Ask Leo. Anything can happen in a short series. But when the when these teams line up against the Braves, they can't figure out a way to get it done. They can't figure out a way to do it. And again, maybe, maybe if you're the Mutts, maybe you call up the Oakland A's. Maybe you call up the Chicago White Sox and ask them. What's the secret sauce? What's the elixir? Maybe, maybe that's what they should do. Because they're certainly not beating the Atlanta Braves. They're certainly not beating Atlanta anytime soon. And if you can't win your head-to-head games, the division's going to be, you know, a, a, just a, a slugfest and prizes are just going to roll. And by the way, this doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. It's been the narrative For a few years now, and especially when it comes to the Marlins and the Braves, the Braves have just completely dominated the Miami Marlins. That's why there's never any real thought about, well, could they win the division or anything like that? No, there's no real thought about it because, again, there's no reason reason to think that any of those teams are going to all of a sudden do something drastically different, and all of a sudden they're going to own the Atlanta Braves. So you can break down all the numbers seven ways to Sunday that you want. You can break down all the different numbers in different ways that, you know, it's, you know, why the Braves are where they're at or what have you, you know, payrolls and lineups and pitching staffs and all this. And, hey, we've got Scherzer and Verlander. And you can line up all these different things. But it doesn't mean a hill of beans if you can't beat the team that's in front of you. If you can't beat up the teams that are in front of you, it doesn't really matter. And at twenty-two and six, and I had to look this up this morning because I had to, I was trying to I was trying to see that okay you know some people were like well you know the Braves struggled against these American League teams okay I mean again they're three and five against the Red Sox White Sox and um, Oakland A's yeah it kind of stinks but it's an eight game sample size what have they done to the division? Then I looked it up and it was 22 and six, and I was like, whoa. Well, there's your answer as to why none of those teams are competitive in the division. There's your answer as to why the division is in the shape that it's in, where the Braves have a nine and a half game lead over the Marlins, 12 over the Philadelphia Phillies, and a 19 or 18 and a half game lead over the Mutts. Beat Beat the the Mets. Mets. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. We got to start this over again. I, 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 again. I got I got confused on there. Okay, here we go. There you go. F the Mets, F the Mets. Step right up and F the
3: Mets. Bring your kiddies, bring your wife. They're gonna suck for the rest of your life.
2: That's for uh, Ed Lover, by the way.
3: Oh, he likes that. Uh, <laughs> I
2: ran into Ed Lover in the parking lot last week uh-huh. uh, when I was when I was about to come upstairs and uh, and. Um, he said, man, he says, you got to be easy on those Mets of mine. <laughs> he's a Mets fan, and he's like, man, he's like, that that song you guys play is, is pretty funny. I was like, yeah, because they stink. So, anyway, um, Ed Lover's a great dude, man. That that guy's that – Yeah, guy's, he's a real cool dude. Yeah, he's he's the best, man. You know, really. he's got
3: a – is it him? Yeah, I think he's got a, a night that's going to be – it may have started or is getting ready to start. I don't mean to throw you off, but at the Cheetah because, you know, we – we frequently talk about the Cheetah when we have uh-huh. some of our old school Atlanta talk. And he's got a night that's I think it's going to be like a weekly or maybe it's a monthly, but it's going to be at the Cheetah.
2: Maybe that's my excuse to go to the Cheetah. You know, I've there never been is. to the Cheetah. Oh, really?
3: Yes. I went one time and it wasn't. We talked about this. It's not like your pink ponies. and.
2: Oh, no, moon. no. I mean, they they brought they, they were here last week. Really? Yes. They they uh they alluvia mm-hmm. um brought some food upstairs. That's their restaurant there. Right, exactly. The Cheetah, and uh they brought some food up and they had a couple of a couple of ladies. They yeah. they were here during Freaky's, Yeah. Uh during when Freaky was here last week.
3: Yeah, it, um it's a nice place, but uh, you know, you don't get that um you don't get that uh that certain uh interaction
2: yeah yeah I mean that that's that's for a podcast. I mean right. again, I I liken it to um, when I, I I said that the gold Club was the most overrated place I was ever in Atlanta right like absolutely positively the most overrated place that I've ever been to in Atlanta was the was the old gold Club and it was supposed to be like you know this this world famous right. you know place and all that kind of stuff. Can I tell you, I had, I had so many better nights at Oasis on Tilly Mill Road. <laughs> um, so many more better yeah. nights there and at Pink Pony and got into all kinds of trouble. I mean, <laughs> well, I didn't really get into too much trouble, but had a lot of fun right. uh, at those places. So, I mean, again, you know, but anyway, so, but it's no surprise as to why the Braves are where they are at 22 and six so far in the division. All right, when we come back, it will be time for That's Life. So I did see Mission Impossible over the weekend. I did see it on Saturday. I got my tickets, and I was there in IMAX for it. So we'll talk about that plus our top ten as well. Chuck the Key Studios, Sports Radio,
0: 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app.
3: Sports Radio 92.9 of the game
2: back with you, John Chuck. show 921 live from the Kia studios. You know what time it is. That's life.
1: That's, life.
2: That's what all the people say. Four zero four seven two six is our Solomon Brothers diamond text line to be a, a part of the show at JMSH316 at the D. Lewis for real on our personal Twitter pages. So, Day-Day, I, uh, I got tickets Saturday night. Uh, I was at the IMAX and um, saw Mission Impossible. Nice. Man, was it's, it good? it's terrific. Okay. I, I mean, and look, I am a huge, first off, well, several things. I'm a huge Mission Impossible movie. I, I, I'm a big fan of that movie franchise, okay? And I still right. think that the first one is still the best one. Um, But this was a very intense movie. Like, it's, look, I'll be honest with you. I don't have any idea what the story is about. Like, I don't understand anything about with I AI technology and right. all. Like, I have no idea what they're talking about. But the action and the flow of the story is mm-hmm. fantastic. I mean, the vi- the visual, the visual. I mean, it's it's all terrific. Like, it really is. I think it's a really good. And there's, I'm telling you, in in movie making right now, right, there is nobody better than Tom Cruise at making these blockbuster movies. Yeah, there's I, just nobody better at it. I mean, nobody can get people to go to the movies like what Tom Cruise can. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but I mean, he just he does he does big films unlike anybody else in in movie making right now. Bad. When when he does a movie. It feels like a big event, and it is. I mean, it, it's a. Ter- I, I loved it, man. I and I can't wait to see the second part. You know, yeah. obviously, this is a a two, two part, part movie. Right. And again, I don't understand a single thing about the story. <laughs> like, I don't understand the story. Right. But just the action and the filmmaking and just everything about it is it's terrific. Okay. You know, so I I highly recommend it. Um, I know Abe saw it and he said, you know, I'll like it. I mean. It's terrific. I, I think it's a really good movie. I, I didn't see how it did at the box office over the weekend. I'm sure it probably dominated. But um and that Haley Atwell is just a is a gorgeous woman. Like right. she is just phenomenal. Um, but it's I think it's a good flick. Um it's just sit back with your popcorn. I had a beer, a popcorn, and a bottle of water, and I just chillaxed at the IMAX in my big recliner seat and just had a good all time. I love I love going to the movies. Okay, and and especially when it's a good flick. When it's a when it's a really good movie, I really enjoy the going to the film experience. Okay, and and there aren't many movies that I really want to see at the theaters. You know, nowadays, like I, I was watching the previews for that Oppenheimer. I mean, it's an interesting story, and it's Christopher Nolan. So I obviously like him because of Batman, but that's not going to get me to go to the movie theater to see to spend 25 bucks to see oppenheimer but mission impossible top gun 2 i'll go see i'll see those kinds of movies all day long okay so um it was on the list it was really good okay so it was uh, it was well worth it and it's just you know what you're gonna get i mean you know what you're gonna get i mean you know tom cruise is terrific he does all his own crazy stunts right he did that he did the you saw like he did the big jump off the mountain, mm-hmm. you know, in real life. I mean, he does all his own stunts. So, but again, it's it's the the pace of it and the intensity right. is really there. So, I highly recommend it if you're looking for just a good flick to just watch and just be released. Just go go enjoy it for what it is. Okay. Yeah, don't don't think too much about it. Like I said, I couldn't even begin to explain the story to you. <laughs> I like, literally I could not I I couldn't in a million years tell you i understand what they're talking about in the story with this ai and running the world and submarine things and right. I, I have no idea but it's just fun to watch
3: okay so, all right definitely going to check did you see where he surprised the atlanta uh, yeah yeah he was over here at the yeah. atlantic
2: station on oh, wednesday yeah yeah, yeah. he's doing cool he did a whole bunch of those uh over the weekend uh that he was surprising folks at the the, the rock did that when they had when they had that Fighting for my family or whatever like that, the story about yeah, Page. Yeah. Um he, he surprised everybody at Atlantic Station. Okay, I didn't so know about it, that. It one. seems like that's the place where they go and surprise okay. people. That's a nice movie. I mean if you've it ever is, been yeah. I mean, that's an AMC as well. I mean mm-hmm. that's so that that's I I, I don't know I don't I don't think I've ever been in their IMAX. I don't yeah. know if they have an IMAX. They theater. have
3: a Do they have an IMAX? They have the, What's the other one? The RP RPX or oh, something yeah, like something that. yeah, something like that. Yeah. They yeah. have they I know for sure they have one of those. Yeah,
2: I don't I don't remember if they have IMAX or not. Um uh but uh, that's a good little theater, but yeah. that's 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 where he was at. The rock was uh, over there, so that's that seems to be like the place where guys show up for Yeah. And, and you know why? Why he showed up there?
3: Cuz he filmed some of it here? No. Why?
2: No. The sag the sag people oh, are on strike. Oh, that's right. So, he, so can't, he can't do yeah. He that's can't right. do the Colbert's and, and the Jimmy the Fallons others, yep. and all that. Like they can't do the PR yeah. tours. So
3: they really gotta be hands on, go out, kiss yep. the, what is yep. it, shake hands, kiss the babies. Yeah,
2: exactly. Because him and the director were were over here. So okay. that's that's how that's how they're having to do it is because with the with the SAG strike going right. on, they can't go out and and do PR for the film or anything yeah. like that. Yeah,
3: oh, we got we got to talk about that maybe sometime this week, man. It's getting it's getting a little sketchy now with some of these movies that haven't hit production, but they're like slated to, you know. Well, yeah, there's, ha- there's
2: there's there's it's come fall. Yeah, you're gonna feel the effects yeah. of what's happening now mm-hmm. with this strike. Yep. Like it's and and again, people people are just getting back into going to the theater, right? Like, and and some of these, like for instance. You know, we talked about The Flash, right? Mm-hmm. That's bombed. bombed. And, and by the way, Indiana Jones has not done well nope. either at the box office. It's nope. tanked as well mm-hmm. Um, because he's 80 years old. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to see 80-year-old Harrison Ford. Again, it's not. there's no nostalgia factor in that. No. Now, Tom Cruise, I, they'll go see that movie because, again, even at 61, he looks like he's 40, right. you know, and he can do it. But, again, um, they're just getting people back to these films, and now – they're going to blow it i mean mm-hmm. they're they're going to blow it um, and a lot of these a lot of these guys can't the writers went on strike first now the actors are on strike and yeah it's it's going to definitely affect you know come fall and end of the year mm-hmm. like a lot of those movies that would be up for oscars it's going to be a thin field yeah when if if this doesn't get resolved here soon mm-hmm. so um a 1997 badge from the masters so basically Tiger's badge from the Masters, he autographed it. Um, it's a hundred-dollar face value badge for like a for like a participant. Okay. eighteen thousand six hundred dollars. It recently sold at auction. Tiger Woods' 1997 signed Masters badge from his first major victory. Um, it graded out a ten, uh, a, a a perfect ten. April 10th through 13th in 1997, Tiger Woods was the winner of the Masters, and it's a very cool—I mean, a very cool piece of uh, piece of memorabilia. Eighteen thousand (laughs) six hundred dollars that it just sold at the auction. Uh, It was literally just a couple of days ago, the 15th of the month that it closed uh, out on there. Nice. All right, happy birthday to Elmer Fudd. Yes, Elmer Fudd. It's his birthday today. The in- cartoon character was introduced on this day. So, with that, tonight's top ten list. Your top ten favorite cartoon characters. Day, day. The floor is yours.
3: All right. So, uh, I got Bugs Bunny. Uh, I'm going to count these two as one because they came as a duo. I got a couple of them like that. Okay. Tom and Jerry. Okay. I love the original. You know, yeah, the original Tom and Jerry. I love Tom and, love Tom and Jerry. Yep. Um, Spike the dog, that whole mm-hmm. back then. Um, Heckle and Jekyll. I know a lot of people yeah. probably don't remember them.
2: Yeah, they're the two birds. I right. That the uh, uh, what is it? Magpies. Yeah. Yeah, they're magpies. <laughs> is what they are. Yeah. Yep. Two um, black magpies.
3: Yep. Starscream from the Transformer cartoons, the original Transformer cartoon. Oh, okay. I liked mm-hmm. him just because he was always like low key, wanting to take over and be the leader of the Decepticons mm-hmm. and all that. So, uh, Woody Woodpecker.
2: Oh nice. Yep. Nice. That's a that's a that's an old school
3: one. Yeah. There. Yep. Um Snake Eyes from the original uh G. I. Joe cartoon. Yeah, just yep. even though he didn't talk, it was just his look and yeah, just how they Absolutely you know. Um Bart Simpson, how can you not like Bart Simpson? Yeah, I'm him.
2: not a Simpsons fan, so really? uh, yeah, I've never watched the Simpsons, so Wow Um I have I have no I, I, I couldn't... I mean, again, I know who Bart and Homer and right, some of those people right, are. Right, right, right. But I could not tell you anything about The Simpsons.
3: <laughs> all right. Uh, Teen Titans, the Robin from Teen Titans, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the cartoon Wolverine from the original uh, X-Men cartoons. Okay. And then last but not least, Daffy Duck.
2: Um, all right. So I've got Elmer Fudd on my list. Okay. Um, Hong Kong Fooey. Okay. Uh, one of my absolute favorites. Um that's one of the best cartoon themes of all time uh, as well that and fat Albert those are the two yeah, great fat cartoon album, yeah. themes um, ever done um, I am a fan of Donald because again I go for the angry characters <laughs> Donald Duck um, is on my list um, Popeye um, okay. just uh, I, 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 I it's always funny like Popeye just kind of talking under his breath, like that's the best part about it, you know. Like (laughs) he he just he'll start talking, and then all of a sudden he'll just start kind of under his breath, you know, start talking about something else. So, um, oh, uh, two from SpongeBob SquarePants, Squidward and Mr. Krabs. I love Mr. Krabs; like he's always about money. I think that's very funny. Yes, um, Porky Pig uh, is Porky well. Porky is good, yeah. Yeah. Um, just, be, just because of, just because of, he would like try to say a word, <laughs> and then he would say something completely different. <laughs> right. Um Very, very funny. Um, Yosemite Sam. Yeah. Um, obviously, kind of one of the villains, you know, for for Bugs Bunny. Yep. Um, Sylvester the cat.
3: Okay. Um, yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. Certainly, yeah. Him, him and, and Tweety, Tweety Bird. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. You, know, you, you know, saying that, you know, again. Uh, Tweety Bird would say, like, you know, I smell a putty cat. Yeah. And he was always trying to get him, but uh, obviously never feel. And then my absolute favorite all-time uh, cartoon character, with, without question, um, and I'm a lot like this, is Foghorn Leghorn.
3: <laughs> I had a uh, feeling you were yeah. gonna...
2: <laughs> Again, the boy's got the ambition. He just ain't got the know-how.
3: <laughs> like, I love,
2: I love the quotes from he Foghorn He was Leghorn. very,
3: like, when you think about it in hindsight, he was a very adult Oh cartoon yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like again
2: the things i mean just just the phrases and the yeah. things he would say you know in those cartoons you had to like like as a kid it like went as a kid right it went completely it was over true. your head like it just it went completely over my head but then like as an adult i'm like the boy's got the ambition he just ain't got the know-how and i'm like yeah that's true man like that's that's, that's so true like you know again you don't think about it like it though in those terms or whatever like that but Certainly, you know, it was just he was he was ahead of his time with, right. with the different sayings that, that and there is like websites dedicated to all of the sayings that Foghorn Leghorn has. <laughs> like Foghorn Leghorn quotes. Like he just come up with the most crazy things, you know, randomly, you know, out there. But you're right. Like that was that was very as a kid, like all of that stuff just yeah, went just, flying yeah. over my head. But as an adult I think back and like Yeah, you know, he's right. Like yeah, <laughs> like like this is this is a very accurate thing that uh that he put out there. So, anyway, uh, hit us up with your list as well. All right, when uh, we come back, uh, Pat Benson joined us earlier in the show. We will uh, talk some Atlanta Hawks with him. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app.
0: Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuck. show live this Monday
2: evening with you as, well, we continue to see what the Atlanta Hawks are going to do. Obviously, summer camp, uh, summer league, I should say, just uh, wrapped up here, and uh, it won't be long before we start talking about training camp. Still plenty of time to do some stuff, but let's head out to the wadeford.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Pat Benson, sneaker reporter for Fan Nation, covers Atlanta Hawks as well. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page at Pat underscore Benson underscore junior. Pat, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes uh, here on the show tonight.
4: Hey, thank you for having me.
2: So let's start with all the rumor and innuendo. I mean, obviously, Pascal Siakam is a guy who has been linked heavily with the Atlanta Hawks. The question that I have is if you don't know if you can sign him to a max extension, do you make that? I mean, do the Hawks look at making that trade and roll the dice that? they can sign him as the season goes along or at the end of the year? Or is that just kind of too risky to give up some of the assets that you would for Siakam without some kind of guarantee that he will stay here long-term?
4: Well, unfortunately, not going to get much of a guarantee. If you think Pascal Siakam is the type of player that can push you into that area of contention, then, yeah, that's what that's a big-boy move that big-boy teams make all the time. you got to be willing to make that sort of uh, – Leap of faith, and I'm not sure if Siakam is that player. I think he's a great player. I think he is an upgrade over John Collins, no doubt about it. And uh, if if Landry Fields, Kyle Korver, Quinn Snyder, if that front office if they think that Siakam is the missing piece, then yeah, they have no choice but to go for it.
2: So if he does become a free agent, I mean, he look, either way, he's either going to get a max extension um if he signs with a team or he'll go to free agency and get a a max deal like there's no there's no way around him being a max player you think the hawks will let's just for argument's sake say the hawks do make a deal for him you're talking about another 120 million dollars being doled out for for him at that point you think the hawks are willing to make that kind of investment into a third player at this point
4: I think they would be the where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I think when we last spoke, I was I was pretty uh, bearish on the idea of Siakam, but you know, we keep hearing their name, his name, come up over and over from different reports, different corners of the league. So at this point, I do believe that there is serious interest. It's just how much are they willing to part with, uh, you know, in order to bring Siakam in. But yeah, they would they would have to their hand would be forced. They would have to sign him to a max contract next year and that would also require retooling the roster to make it work. You know, that would mean saying goodbye to, you know, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, some other players, you know, obviously one just to make the trade happen and two to fit the um, fit him in the salary cap. So yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, and Pat, you know, there's been more and more speculation. I mean we're hearing we're hearing reports from different people and um you know, Jake Fisher being one of those guys that, that, that uh, you know, has been being – and he's been pretty accurate here of late. But he did report that the Hawks have had a, a more willingness to move on from Clint Capella. You think Clint Capella is the next guy that moves, most likely moves off this team, whether it's Dallas or Toronto or somebody like that? I mean, you know, again, really probably more, more Dallas than anybody else. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. does it feel like that he's maybe the next domino that's about to fall?
4: Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense, because Onyeka Okonwu, it, it's really his time. He's about to get a rookie-scale contract extension, and I think Clint Capello is always kind of a stopgap measure for Okongwu. after we saw what he did during that uh, Eastern Conference Finals run in 2021. We always knew that he was the center of the future, Need a little bit more time to develop. And don't get me wrong, Capello's still performing at a very high level, but it, it does make sense. You know, We I think everybody is in agreement. O'Connor is the center of the future. So, yeah, it only makes sense that Capella would be the next player to go. And then also right by his side would be DeAndre Hunter, of course, because we've kind of got a log jam of forwards when you look at Sadiq Bey, A.J. Griffin, and, um, to, you know, a bigger power forward, you know, Jalen Johnson. So, yeah, I would say Capella and then to a slightly lesser extent Hunter. If they can't
2: move Hunter, do you think that they offer Sadiq Bey a contract extension? Because I'm wondering what that looks like as far as a cost perspective. I mean, you know, again, he's he's going to be a free agent. You know, that's another one of the guys that you look at. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a free agent come next year. And I thought he did a lot of good things for the Hawks. But, you know, obviously it's going to be a matter of if they're going to pay him, what's it going to cost. Um, And to your point about, you know, if there is a log jam sort of at that small forward position or maybe even Mm -hmm. guard, you know, big guard position. But, you know, what do you think a deal like that looks like for a guy like Sadiq Bay? Or do they do they just kind of ride him out for one more year and, you know, eventually let him walk?
4: Well, that's a good point you made. You know, their hand isn't exactly forced when it comes to Bay because one they didn't give up a ton to get him. they Mm -hmm. get up five second round picks and second round picks just aren't that valuable. And then, like you said, they could ride the season out the way they did with John Collins when he was in a contract year, and then come back and then negotiate a deal. What his deal would look like, and you know how it how it fits in this major grand scheme. I have no idea what it would look like, but I feel like the pressure to sign Bay isn't there the way it is to uh, to extend uh, o Congo.
2: Pat Benson joining us here in the WaitFor.com hotline Hawks reporter. So, um, DeJounte Murray, we saw the extension. Um, I really like the move. I mean, look, mm-hmm. I, I you know, we've talked about this in the past that look, I, I was glad that they didn't monkey around. They made him the big time mm-hmm. offer. Um, he wanted to stay in Atlanta. I, I you know, and the biggest thing for me is just now it's all about basketball. Now it's focusing on basketball. There's no talk about contracts, no talk about trades, no talk about any of this kind of stuff. This really felt like a home run move for the Atlanta Hawks.
4: Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I don't think that the Trey Young, DeJounte Murray is the perfect backcourt, but they certainly complement each other well. They've proven they can make it work. Well. Here's a novel idea in the NBA. Let's give them some time to play together and to develop, get to know each other better, and they're only going to improve. So last year it was a little clunky at times, but overall, we've seen enough to know that it will work. And most importantly, like you said, we can put all the drama aside. Trey Young, Dejounte Murray, they're both locked up for the future. And should something go go awry, if Trey Young for some reason wants out at some point, Atlanta has an all-star caliber player, you know, ready to lead the team at the one guard, you know, and Dejounte Murray. So not only does it solidify his future, it also is a little bit of an insurance position.
2: So, uh, do you think that, I mean, if it's not Siakam, are are there any, I mean, we've talked about this before, are there any names or any buzz about anybody else? It does really feel like that all of the eggs are potentially in the Siakam basket. So, if it's not him, is it anybody else, or are they just going to pretty much try to just run this thing back with what they've
4: got? You know, that's a great question, because I was scanning through available players, and it was... Uh, free agency class to begin with. The Hawks aren't going after James Harden or anything like that. So yeah, I feel like it's got to be Seattle. But but then again, at the same time, it's the NBA. You know, we see these trades come up out of nowhere, and people forget that the uh, um, uh, Cleveland when they pulled off that major trade with Utah last year, um, that that w- that happened in September. You know, that was right before the start of uh, training camp, when they got Donovan Mitchell. So, you know, uh, things can happen late. I, I would expect – I wouldn't expect movement soon. I think this is uh, some uh, trade drama that could play out over weeks, over months. However, the Hawks do have $9 million in cap space, and I think there is a reason why they cleared all that out. I think they are preparing to add a third star, and at this point it looks like it's Siakam or or no one. But then again, it's the NBA. Crazier things happen.
2: Well, and then that begs the question, you know, you know, are they they got out of the luxury tax? You know, Mm -hmm. Okay, are you going to turn right back around and get into it? Because, I mean, you're while you cleared some cap space, you you don't have a whole lot of room to do a lot of maneuvering without staying in the luxury tax. And look, this always becomes the debate about what the Hawks are going to do. You know, as of right now, I mean, if we believe in actions over words. All that all that they have done is really get themselves under the luxury tax. I don't think they're a better roster today, and I think all it's been is just so far getting under the luxury tax. And every move that you've seen that they've corresponded with has been well. It's a four and a half million dollars here, six and a half million dollars savings here. So it feels like every move has been designed to kind of minimize, you know, get themselves under the luxury tax, clear up some cap space. Are they willing to get back into it? I mean, I know what the verbiage is. But are they really mm-hmm. willing to get back into it?
4: Well, you have every right to be skeptical. Since the DeJonte, they pulled the trigger on the DeJounte Murray trade last summer, almost every single move has been made uh, to save money. M- maybe not the Sadiq Bay trade. Obviously, that one uh, that one really didn't didn't change much in terms of the salary cap in the in the short term. But yeah, you have every right to be skeptical. We've heard from the wrestlers that they are not afraid of the luxury tax, but. You know, seeing is believing, and we'll see. I, I don't think it, it's good practice to go in the luxury tax just to be in the luxury tax, just to say you're competing, make it make sense. But at the same time, I think Hawks fans, you know, they have every right to be skeptical after, you know, the Kevin Herter trade and everything we saw uh, go down the aftermath of the DeJounte Murray trade.
2: Well, I think also, too, Pat, it becomes if you're going to have a super max player, given where mm. the threshold is— it's hard mm-hmm. to build a roster around a Supermax guy that doesn't involve the luxury tax. I mean, just the, the – the, again, you have to probably really get lucky in the draft and different things like that, but if you're going to add pieces that are competent with a Supermax player, it, it feels like it's going to be a challenge to try to get that kind of right combination of roster when you've got a guy that eats up a good bit of your, of your, ta- of your sorry of your cap space as it is.
4: No doubt about it. If you go back and you look at the uh, last few decades of uh, teams that have won NBA championships, the vast majority, the overwhelming majority have been teams that have been uh, into the luxury tax. So, yeah, that's that's par for the course. And, you know, again, don't go into luxury tax for no good reason. But at the same time, these team owners, they are multi-billionaires. They can't afford to pay the luxury tax. You know, I'm all for being prudent when it makes sense. But at the same time, you bought a team you you deserve it the community deserves it uh for to have a a team out there that's willing to compete and uh you know sometimes there are some external costs that come along not everything is going to be um in the black in the book sometimes you may have to go in the red and that's part of being a team owner
2: pat benson he is a sneaker reporter for fan nation covers the atlanta hawks as well you find him on his twitter page at Pat underscore Benson underscore Junior. Join me here on the waitfor.com hotline. Pat, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes uh, on the show tonight. We'll chat again soon.
4: Sounds good, buddy. Keep up the great
2: work. You got it. John Truck, we will be back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the odyssey.com app.